Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, we'll explore the relationship of the crone within the Maiden-Mother-Crone trilogy. I'll tell the Greek myth of Demeter and Persephone, and we'll explore a lesser-known variation in which Hecate plays a pivotal role. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders... Jean Shinoda Bolin writes of the wise old woman archetype in her book, Goddesses in Older Women, Archetypes in Women Over 50. By knowing who the goddesses are, women can become more conscious than they would otherwise be of the potentials within them that, once tapped, are sources of spirituality, wisdom, compassion, and action. When archetypes are activated, they energize us and give us a sense of meaning and authenticity. Boland follows the tradition of other Jungian scholars in equating common female archetypes to the goddesses of Greek mythology. Her first book, The Goddesses of Every Woman, focused on the adult female. Here she discussed the goddess mother Demeter and the woman child Persephone, But where, alas, was Hecate, the crone goddess, she who stands at the crossroads in the dark, her three faces looking toward the past, present, and future? Hecate represents the last of the triad of women roles, maiden, mother, and crone. We see these roles represented in other mythos, too, although the Greek story is the most familiar example. This archetype is fully expressed in Boland's second book, in which she identifies Hecate as the crone. Whenever you tell the truth to someone else, especially if that truth shakes a premise, this moment becomes a fork in the road, she writes. Likewise, whenever you ask for the truth, Hecate is the inner wisdom that prepares you to hear it. These stories in Greek mythology are familiar to many of us. They are juicy and full of the foibles of human existence as acted out by the gods. Greek gods are not role models. They do not serve as exemplars, and yet Hecate, filled with the mystery, knowing, and intuition, calls to all the crones. Hecate most certainly embraces the wise woman archetype we seek, So, a further explanation is warranted. In the meantime, let's start with my telling of the story Demeter and Persephone. But before we begin, a brief word about pronunciations. As a storyteller, it's always important to pronounce the names and places correctly, or at least as correctly as you can, not knowing the language. In this podcast, you'll hear me pronounce the goddess Demeter as both Demeter and Demeter. In Greek, the word would be Themeter. In English, it's most commonly 
Demeter. But in the group I told this story to, they pronounced her name Demeter. And so that is what you will hear in this 2013 recording. But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. A long, long time ago. Or maybe it was only yesterday. It's hard to tell with time. There was a mother and a daughter. In many ways, like any other mother and daughter. Except that this mother was the Greek goddess Demeter, the goddess of harvest and fertility. Her daughter, the beautiful woman-child Persephone, whose father was Zeus, the king of the gods. Well, on this particular day, Persephone had convinced her mother to allow her to go out with friends and gather flowers. Her mother, just like any other mother, told her not to wander too far off, for the earth was a dangerous place after all. Well, Persephone was at that rebellious age, and so soon she found herself in a very large open meadow far away from her friends, where there were beautiful flowers of all different kinds, and she gathered them all up into her apron. She was ready to leave until she saw a flower like no other. It was a small flower with a little delicate white blossom with a very, very sweet fragrance, and as she started to pluck it, it was like the roots went down deep into the earth. And as she plucked the flower out, the very ground began to shake beneath her feet. A large chasm opened up. Three black horses, a chariot, and a tall, dark, and mysterious man landed on the surface. The man rode the chariot over right to her, grabbed her by the arm, threw her into the chariot. Persephone began to kick and scream and shout as loud as she could, biting and scratching. Help me, Daddy! Help me, Zeus! Mama! And into the very earth they were swallowed up whole. While no one heard anything, her friends were far away, and those who did, did nothing. But it wasn't but a moment before Demeter knew something was wrong. Persephone, my daughter! Persephone, my child! Where are you? She began to search for her. She went up to Mount Olympus, where the Greek gods and goddesses all lived. But no one would tell her anything. No one would help her at all. And so she felt betrayed by them. For nine days and nine nights, she searched the entire earth, every single inch of it, from the highest mountain to the lowest valley, the desert, the ocean, and everything in between. But she could find no hint, no clue, no lead, nothing. Well, on the ninth day, she went up to the sun to talk to the sun god Helios. Helios, please help me. You must have seen something that day. You must know what happened to Persephone. Simmer down, Demi. Simmer down, he said. It's not as bad as it seems. Hades was just looking for a bride, after all, and Persephone's mighty fine these days. Zeus thought, well... She's at that age, you know, and and Hades, he's the number two god. He's got quite a kingdom, lots of followers, a nice palace, and lots of money. She could do a lot worse than Hades. He's quite a catch. Excuse me? Excuse me? He did what? I am the mother here. I am the mother. 
Zeus is supposed to talk to me about anything that has to do with Persephone. And after all, she likes to spend her days gathering flowers under the sun, as you know. She's not some mole who wants to live underground with Hades. Well, the gods had betrayed Demeter. There was nothing to do but live on the earth. And so she turned herself into an old woman, wore a black shroud, and for a while looked after a king's son. But in the end, the humans betrayed her too. There was nothing left to do but to stay in her temple and mourn. And grieve and mourn she did. She weeped and wailed and gnashed her teeth. There is no sorrow like the sorrow of a mother who's lost her child. But no one did anything. After a while, the earth began to mourn too. All of the plants began to die. And soon the earth was a barren place. The animals grew hungry and began to starve and die. And soon the humans began to starve too and were so hungry and everyone was crying and wailing and weeping and it was a terrible time. But still, no one did anything. It wasn't until Zeus began to notice that the everlasting flame in his temple was starting to flicker just a bit. No one was around to feed the flame. No one was there to do ceremony, ritual, pay him homage. Then he became concerned. He sent emissary after emissary, god and goddess, down to see Demeter. Demeter, you must return to Olympus where you belong and let the earth flourish. I cannot do that. I can never return until Persephone's brought back to me. My very heart is broken. Zeus agreed. He sent for Persephone. They found her at the foot of Hades, wasting away. She hadn't eaten a bite, tears streaming down her face. She was so excited when she heard she could leave. Hades came to her with a large silver tray, a single beautiful red pomegranate in the center that he cut a big slice open for her. Persephone, my darling, I do truly love you. I'm so sorry that you've been so sad since you've been here. You have a long journey ahead. Please accept this pomegranate as a token of my undying love for you. You have such a long journey. Please take a bite before you go. Well, Persephone was mighty hungry, and so she grabbed three of the seeds, gobbled them up, hopped on the chariot, and soon was back in the earth. Oh, the mother-child reunion was such a wonderful thing to see. There was kisses and hugs and laughing and singing and dancing and tears of joy. But Demeter knew something was amiss. Persephone, by any chance did you eat a bite of anything when you are underground? Oh, Mama, oh, Mama, it was like this. You see, I was really hungry, and, and I hadn't had anything to eat since I was there. And, and Hades came in, he just he said, well, it was a gift. And, and I thought, well, it can't hurt just to eat three seeds for the road. Demeter felt like she'd been kicked in the stomach, for she knew that if anyone eats anything in the underworld, they're destined to return there. And so it was decided 
for three months of the year, Persephone would be the bride of Hades, and the earth would be barren. The rest of the year, she would be with her mother Demeter, and plants would go from seed to flower to fruit to harvest. Well, some of you might say this is a simple tale of a simple people describing the seasons of the year. But I invite you to look at this differently. Each time you see a young girl who goes into her very depths and comes forward as a woman, you see Persephone. And each time you see a mother able to let go of her child and find new meaning in her life, you see Demeter. And so even though this is a very ancient tale, it's still very much alive today. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... Now that you've heard the story, you're familiar with the maiden and mother archetypes. Persephone as the maiden is young, beautiful, and innocent. Demeter as the mother is protective and nurturing. But where is Hecate, the crone? In many versions of the myth, she is absent. Absent, perhaps, but not forgotten. For there is a story in which she has a continuing role. But first, who was Hecate? Hecate was believed to be a titan, the giants who were the precursors to the Greek gods. When Zeus came into power, the titans were destroyed, all that is except for Hecate. She was the daughter of Perseus and Asteria. For some unknown reason, Zeus honored her and decided to share some of his power with her. The very name Hecate in some translations means she who has power far off. So for some, Hecate was the goddess of manifestation, the one who could fulfill the needs and wishes of her followers. She could increase the size of the herds, the catches of fishermen, and give victory in battle. She had power over heaven, earth, and sea. Later, she is seen as standing at the crossroads in the twilight, at the threshold into the past, present, and future. In fact, in most representations, she is depicted as the three-faced or bodied woman standing at the threshold. She is the one who can see three ways at once. Often she has with her three dark hounds, two or three torches, a key rope, and a dagger. This is the place where the veil is thin between this world and the next, the hounds symbolizing the underworld, the torches allowing her to see in the dark, the keys unlock secrets, the rope that leads one safely from this world to the next, and the dagger to cut any illusion. Now she becomes Hecate, the goddess of the moon, of darkness, and of the night. She becomes a representative of the occult. We now see her as the patron of Medea, thought to be an enchantress. Some say she ruled the power of regeneration, or at the very least the ability to come back from the dead. Unfortunately, there are few mentions of her in Greek mythology, the most significant being the story that we heard of Persephone, and Demeter. 
In case you've forgotten, here's a quick overview. Persephone was the beautiful daughter of Demeter, goddess of harvest, and Zeus, the king of the gods. One day, while picking flowers, Persephone was abducted by Hades, the god of the underworld. Demeter became distraught and searched the world over for her daughter, without a trace being found anywhere. Hecate, who was a witness to the event, advised Demeter to visit Helios, the god of the sun, who could tell her what happened. Helios explained that Zeus had agreed to give Persephone to Hades as a consort and wife. When Demeter learns of this deception, she begins to grieve. The grief was so profound that the entire earth began to die, and finally the gods and goddesses of Olympus interceded. Zeus agreed that Persephone must return to be with her mother. However, when she was in the underworld, Hades convinced Persephone to eat three or four seeds from a pomegranate. Anyone who eats in the underworld is destined to return there. So after much debate, it was decided that Persephone would return to the underworld three months each year and be the bride of Hades. Hecate agreed to both precede and follow Persephone into the underworld each year. What can we learn of the wise woman archetype from the story? Hecate is the observer, the witness. She is the one who watches the struggles of life, sometimes without acting, and yet seeks to bring truth to light. She certainly could have acted sooner, but was it her place to do so? Or was it Demeter's? Hecate understands the role that she must play and the best way for things to unfold, for she is all-knowing. We see Hecate presiding over moments of truth. As the one who guides us in using our intuition, our dreams, and our gut instinct wisely, James Hillman writes in The Dream and the Underworld that by embracing Hecate, we may observe our own catastrophes with a dark wisdom that expects little else. Hecate is part of the triple goddess, a mythological construct that appears throughout various cultures. One version of the triple goddess is seen with Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate, symbolizing the maiden mother and crone, as we've discussed. Another depicts the faces of the moon, in which the goddess Artemis is the waxing moon, Selene the full moon, and Hecate again the waning and dark moon. As the wise crone, she is the one who transitions smoothly into the third phase of life. This is the time of knowing from both experience and intuition. It is the time of watching and waiting for when to share, and when to observe. Some say she is the death midwife, the one who guides the soul to its next existence, nurturing and motherly easing this transition. As women become wise ones, we can often feel Hecate's spirit or this archetype around us. We greet her at the gate, at the crossroad. This is when we move from our time as the householder the caretaker or the breadwinner, into the third phase of our lives that is concerned with spirituality, meaning, and purpose. The things of the world begin to lose their interest, and we seek something more. 
And so as we strive to get our bearings and figure out exactly what this time will mean for each of us, we wait at the threshold with Hecate as she midwives us into our new existence. She encourages us to look at life in a different way, to see the big picture, and to begin to lead not with action but with intuition. She advises that we let others come to us for guidance and that we accept their gifts of respect and homage. She tells us to wait, and in waiting, we'll know exactly the right thing to do. In ancient Greece, women would often evoke Hecate for protection. They would place an image of her at their doors. They would bring her supper, left at the crossroads when the moon was dark. And so, perhaps, that ancient wisdom can be used in good stead today. At times of inner conflict, we too can invite the spirit of Hecate into our lives. We can make supper for her and eat it together in the darkest night. The time is then ripe for a new beginning. Be on the alert for the wisdom of dreams, symbols, and synchronicities to awaken you into your own inner knowing and to the wise crone within. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller, Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. 